Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, where we talk about how to live a loving life. I'm Kenny Vaughn. I'm here with my wife, Tammy. Hello. And we're tackling a, a, a subject today that um, we face almost every day, not just Tammy and I, although sometimes it's almost every day for us, but we all face this all the time in our lives. And, and that's just simply, how do you deal with conflict? You know, in confrontation, how do you, how do you, how, what are you supposed to do? What's the loving way to deal with conflict? It's because it's brutal. I mean, what I normally want to do that is not loving is avoid it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's me. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, I, I just want to avoid it. And I think, you know, sometimes there's conflict over issues that are not that important. Uh, these are not life changing truths. You know, they're just, you rub me the wrong way, I rub you the wrong way, and it's really not worth addressing. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that, thank God, you just you just look past. You know, you look over them, you don't, you know, you, they don't become a huge deal. I know when I do them, I shouldn't have done it, and, and then there's things you do, same thing. You know, it's like, so so there, everything's not worth picking apart. But whenever, whenever someone is really doing something that's not, not good for them, and we avoid it because we can't deal with the conflict. That's never, it's never a good solution. So then you say, well, how, how, again, you know, how do you lovingly confront someone? The first thing you have to do if you want to lovingly confront someone is decide that you're confronting them for them, not for you. I mean, love is not, my love is for you, not for me. And if I'm going to do this the right way, and I know that's hard to do, sometimes that means I got to just go hang on, time out. I need to go away for a second. Because everything that's about to come out of me is, has nothing to do with what's best for you. <laughs> it's just what I'm feeling, yeah. and I can't take it anymore. And then sometimes we do that, and we have to say we have to come back and say we're sorry. But it's, the sooner the better. We need to get to a point where we go, okay. My goal is really this isn't right. I don't believe this is right. And you have to examine that, you know, before you enter the conflict, if at all possible, you need to examine um, what is the truth. You know, you need to you need to flush the truth out of this situation, and because, and this may help you sometimes. I mean, this being willing to go seek the truth and flush up the truth first, going, okay, this is what, this is how I felt, this is how you felt, but this is what really happened. Why'd you do that? Why did I do what I'm doing? And when I, and sometimes I have to ask you. Most of the time, I need to ask you why instead of just coming in with my side. So I need to I need to seek to understand before I seek to be understood, if that helps, right? So I need to understand, and part of the reason I need to understand is because I need to get to the truth. Seeking to understand before you get into the conflict, I can't even tell you how many times that has saved me from shaming myself because once I understood, what I learned was I was was about to act on beliefs I had that weren't true. And it wasn't what I thought at all. And, and I was sure. I'm always sure. That's the problem. Like, I always know. You know I'm, I, I'm not, I don't, before I enter conflict, I know, and I know that I know. But I've learned to be, be willing to ask. So, so you ask someone else, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. And then and flush the truth out. And then you have to, now your goal is to stand for the truth, to defend the truth, not yourself. We always want to defend ourselves. We need to defend the truth for the other person's sake that's how you handle that's the proper way 
to handle conflict. So hard to do, like, perfectly, I guess. I mean, nobody's perfect, but that's just so hard to not put yourself first. Yeah, it it is hard. And and no, no one does it perfectly. And, you know, well, I sure don't. But, but... And use and many times we mess it up, but but that's messing that up is not what wrecks what eventually wrecks relationships. It's messing that up and not being willing to own it, to come back and say even and so this is why it's like get the log out of your eye before you try to get um, uh, the uh, speck out of someone else's eye, right? So we we have to seek to be understood, and then when, but we always messing this up. And when we mess it up, we have to have the guts to come and say, you know what? Even even if we flush the truth out and we were right the whole time, it still didn't justify our our poor approach or our selfishness to use this truth for our own gain. I mean, the purpose of seeking this truth is so that we can we can present it to you, to the other person for their sake. And then the good news is, if you really now you got to keep your heart pure, okay? But the good news is, if you really present the truth for their sake, and you're on the side of the truth, the truth is your defense, mm-hmm. and it's your best defense, best defense. So when we're coming into conflict, when we face conflict, that we that we face things that are potential conflict that need to be conflict. You know, these are not little things; these are things that actually need to be dealt with. Then uh, we need to love people enough to be willing to confront them for their sake. But I think um, you got uh, uh, there's a parable, and I, and I asked Sam. She was like, "You know, you think I should read the whole thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think you should because um, I think this is a great example of Jesus handling some conflict and seeing what he did and how he did it and how he handled conflict in a loving way because that's our goal." But let's, let's hear that. It comes from John eight one through eleven, and it's talking about the woman who was caught in adultery. It says, as Jesus was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned cast the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote on the ground. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Now go and sin no more. And I just, I love this parable. I just think it's so neat. Um, I love that Jesus didn't condemn the woman like the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees were trying to do. You know, they kept demanding, you know, give me an answer. Give me, you know, what do you think? And they were trying to trap him. And Jesus didn't even condemn them. All he did was stoop down and start writing in the sand. And you you and I both heard that it's thought or speculated that he was writing their sins in the sand. And so I just think it's so neat. It's so powerful 
he was so calm and yet so bold at all at the same time. And then, you know, he didn't tolerate or con- condone her sin. He didn't condemn her, but yet he said, go and sin no more. And I just think it showed perfect, the perfect way to, to handle the conflict. Yeah, and and you just what you just said there, I think that's so awesome that because in my mind, I'm I, in my mind when I'm hearing this parable, I'm going, these three guys want this woman stoned, and that's the law, and all these things, and then I'm like, what's Jesus gonna do? And then I'm like, man, <laughs> he dropped a bomb on them, you know what I mean? Like he starts writing and stand right there, saying these guys are like, never mind, <laughs> drop their stones and leave. But I'm in my mind, my first thought is, I'm picking them stones up and throwing them at them. <laughs> You know, who do you think you are, yeah. right? And so what am I doing? I'm becoming who they were, right. just like that. But like you it's so beautiful that you said, and I haven't thought of that really, you know, that Jesus didn't condemn them either. Mm-mm. He didn't condemn her. He didn't condemn them. But he did not ignore that they were both in sin. Right. right? So, he, so he was telling them, hey, you're coming up here with a log in your eye, mm-hmm. talking about the speck in her eye. And he didn't say the speck in her eye is okay. And he didn't say the log in your eyes, okay. And so, and so some people, you know, a lot of people say that Jesus was tolerant and passive. Man. That's the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah. I like every time they say that, it just reveals to me. I'm just like, you don't know who he was. Yeah. You don't know, you, you don't understand what he was saying. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what he did. You don't understand what he taught. Like, he was the exact opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, he spoke truth to power even unto death. He wouldn't tolerate it, you know. He wouldn't tolerate lies and sin and all these things, but he loved. Mm-hmm. So in loving, he, he, he revealed the log in those guys' own eye. I, I bet he was writing their sins yeah. in his hand. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was writing something. Well, whatever he wrote, yeah. they knew what it was. Right. And they knew, hey, they weren't supposed to be throwing any more stones. Yeah. They need to get out of there as quick as they could before they found their self in her spot, right? And then, then he turns to her, and, he, and it's just beautiful, you know, that he says, they don't condemn you, neither do I. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, Jesus, you don't condemn me for my sin. Like, I know it's wrong. I know that you believe it's wrong. How would you not condemn me for my sin? And why wouldn't you hate them for what they were doing? And it's just the opposite of everything the world tries to teach us and tell us. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, I love you. So he's, pay- he's, he's paying the price right. for our sin. But, but he's not condoning right. either per- people's actions. And in our world, it's always like, how dare you call me out? Or you see these people at odds, and we want to, to act like, one side's right, the other side's wrong, or or there you know there's a bad guy and a good guy, and sometimes sometimes people are on the side of the truth and then they're not, but but Jesus is saying, hey, everybody needs yourself you know take 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 a time out and look inside and dig for the truth. So Jesus went, he dug a little deeper and went straight to the truth. He didn't sit there and argue about whether or not she was in adultery mm-hmm. or any of that. He was like, who are you and and why are you here? And you're here for her sin. Are you not in sin? Mm-hmm. He did tell him that. That he is not sin. Cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. All right? And then he didn't pretend that her... He didn't just jump on her side and say, I'm sorry they were judging you or whatever it was. He, he didn't say that. He said, I don't condemn you. 
neither do they now. Go and sin no more because you're in sin. And because I love you, I don't want you in that sin. So, so good. It is good. And we don't always um we don't always handle it that way. You know, I always one thing that I use in my life is a little reminder, it may help you, maybe not, but I always when I get in conflict because I'm a con- I'm a bit confrontational. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more than a bit. And you love it. <laughs> well <laughs> I run from it and you run to it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I mean, I mean, sometimes I'll run to it for the right reason, but sometimes I don't. Like, sometimes I just, like, when I see it, I just want, like, I, I want to jump in the middle of it. And and especially when it's regarding me and someone's attacking me or anything's going on and, and I think I'm in the right, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I think I can I think I can win. I think I can handle this. So I, I come at it from that approach. But I've had to learn that to sit on the jury of my own life is the best way I know to describe it. So that, because in, because in conflict or confrontation, I always saw myself as the plaintiff or the defendant, and my job was to win for me. If I'm the plaintiff, my job was to win with my argument. If I'm the defendant, my job is to win with my argument. I'm pretty good at arguing, and and if you aren't, I might be able to win the argument, but I don't win in the end, and neither do you. And so I had to learn to to go, okay, Lord, what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do? So I, was, I had to remove, try to remove myself from my own conflict and sit on the jury, just meaning put myself in their shoes. I mean, I, I still give myself a chance to go, okay, this is what I believe. This is what I think. Why do I believe it? Why do I think it? This is what they believe. This is what they think. Why do they believe it? And I have to ask them, why do they believe it? Why do they think it? But then from there, if I was sitting on the jury, it's amazing how jurors usually don't have a hard time, you know, unless they're biased for some reason. But if you have a decent jury of any 12 peers from anywhere, they can usually make a pretty sound-minded decision if they don't have a bias. It's not that hard to see which person is in the wrong and in what areas and and unwilling to move or maybe blinded to it themselves. So step back and sit on the jury of your own life and try to try to sort the truth out from there and then when you come out come out in favor if it's close you need to come out in favor of the other side mm-hmm. like you know I want, I want what's best for you and if i'm not sure um i'm willing to lose you know i don't i'm, I'm not here to win if, if, if it's a close call I, i'll give i'll give it to you and um and we'll go from there but well, we don't always live this right and you don't either mm-hmm. i know okay <laughs> and so she knows this is coming but I thought we got to tell this story, so I'm gonna start this story, a little sweet Tammy, with your little hundred pound, you know, uh, Chrissy walking, high pitched voice. Not Chrissy walk. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. Um, so uh, I'm gonna start this story, and you you can finish it from you. So here's what's going on, and uh, and it, it worked out pretty good, thank God. But we're at the beach, and our kids are little. And um, and we get into some conflict, <laughs> okay. But here's how here's how it happens. Um, I, I we pulled a trailer down there. I got a barbecue pit on the trailer. Our kids are young. I don't know, you know, probably ten or under. I don't remember. But um, and I'm grilling links, and everything's great. It's like we've got a peaceful day at the beach. Wonderful middle of the week. <laughs> we did it just so we could be by ourselves. And lo and behold, what happens? Here comes a rumble. And pulls up, parks, you know, just right next, not right next, probably 50 yards from us on the beach is a motorcycle gang, you know, (laughs) 
or, or the remnants of one. It's not the whole, it's not a hundred bikes, but there's probably eight or 10. And these dudes look like, you know, they, you know, they, they just look like, I mean, I, you think I'm looking for confrontation or <laughs> run to it. This is not the kind of confrontation or conflict that I like to run to. And, uh, and so they roll in and they start doing their thing and they get their music going and it's loud. And, and every now and then I'm hearing some words and, um, some F-bombs dropping and, and I'm pretending like I'm not hearing them because I'm in a, look, you got to understand, I'm in a, like, this is the worst situation I could be <laughs> in because I'm between Tammy and I know Tammy. Like, she, like she's not going to tolerate, uh, you know. Not when it comes to the kids. Yeah. Or you. I'm just, I don't. <laughs> yeah. No cussing around the kids, you know. Um, she don't want her kids hearing all that stuff. And so I, I've heard it a couple times, but I'm, like, kind of peeking out of the corner of my eye, praying <laughs> Tammy didn't hear it. <laughs> And because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, look at me. You want me to go over there and then all that my motorcycle game, tell them they got a gang and tell them they got to turn off the music, you know? So I, normally I would have probably already been in gear, you know, when I was, hey, would y'all please uh, be careful, whatever. But I'm like, this may not end well. <laughs> so, so I'm stuck between the motorcycle gang and Tammy and I'm turning the leaks, links. I hear it again. I turn around, I look up and guess what I see? <laughs> Tammy speed walking down the beach in their direction, and she's got the, the you know the the prissy prance not. going, and she's beelining. She's not slow walking, and I know what's I can't see her face, but I'm thinking I've seen that walk, and I, this is not going to end well. So I'm like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? And you could take it from there, and then I'll pick it up at the in end. My defense, <laughs> I do not. I'm opposite of you. I do not like conflict and I try to avoid it as much as I possibly can. I'm not good at it. I I get so nervous that I get red and splotchy on my chest. I start messing with my neck. You you know whenever I'm, you know, it's just very uncomfortable for me. But when it comes to my kids and protecting them or even you, if somebody's coming against you, you know that I'm very protective over you. When it's when it's something with me, if I'm just by myself, I'm like, I can just leave it alone. But if it's you or my kids, then heck yeah, I'm going to be lying towards it. <laughs> and you didn't do anything, so <laughs> I felt like I should. But I very nicely, I don't think I, I don't think I was, had an ugly look on my face or anything. And it had some, they had some terrible language. Yeah, I and you know words that our children had never heard before, except at maybe the academy time. That's another story, though. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> but anyway, so I just asked them to. I don't even think I asked them to turn it off. I asked them to turn it down. I said, you know, we have children over there, and you know, it's just filthy language. It's it's just you know, I really don't want my kids to hear this. And could you please just turn it down and they were incredibly kind and just yeah. like they one of the ladies was like I told them that there was kids over there you know and so I they totally you know understood so it ended well yeah and yeah. what'd you do you brought them links yeah well no I'm <laughs> sitting over there I'm sitting over there turning the links and I'm just frozen 
you know, I'm like, my eyes are as big as saucers because I'm like, if they go after Tammy, like, I got to get behind the seat now. Like, and I'm too old to fight these guys with my fist, you know, so I got to get behind the seat in the truck. And, and that's never going to end well. So, but I'm scared to death. But yeah, man, you know, the, the music goes down, Tammy comes walking back, and I'm like, wow. And, uh, and I, I don't know what to do. And I'm still not sure if they're happy with me because I'm thinking it wouldn't have ended, it would have went differently if I'd have went over there, no matter how nice I'd have been. And uh, but yeah, I'm just going. Anybody want any links? <laughs> you got links, booty? <laughs> yeah, like I'm very fit. I mean, like, oh man. But it, but it, it it ended pretty well. So that's you know you handled it well. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to go approach it. But look, if you're gonna go do that, um, you know, be careful. And I, don't, I wouldn't recommend uh, sending your wife to address the motorcycle game, but it worked. And I think we gave them shields of strength, didn't we? Yeah, we probably did. I was giving them anything I had. I don't want to let me get out of there alive. But, um, but yeah. So, yeah, you're a uh, um, – Tammy's um, – she's really nice and kind. We'll tell that Academy story one day. Same kind of deal, you know. Something was going on, and I was ignoring it. And she decided if I wasn't going to do something about it, she was. So, bam, there she went. But, um, anyway – Conflict's a hard issue. It's tough. Um, but you're, you're a lot safer going to someone with the truth for their sake. And you think, um, well, doing that makes me a doormat. Or, uh, no, that's not what makes you a doormat. You, we make ourselves a doormat by not addressing the conflict and by ignoring it or avoiding it or someone just barrels over us every time we go to them, so then we quit going to them. So then we, we make ourselves that doormat where love would go to them for their sake with the truth. And if they'll bar- barrel over that or, or be hostile about it, then we're not going to – we're going to have to – if we're the doormat, we got to move. Mm-hmm. We can't just lay there and help them walk all over people all the time. And, and loving conflict is really um, – it's a part of our lives – conflict is but it's the greatest opportunity we have for love to grow in our lives and if we're willing to confront it lovingly for their sake with the truth what happens is they realize we care it gives them the best chance to do the right thing doesn't doesn't mean they will right but it gives them the best chance to do the right thing it reveals the truth in them whether they'll do the right thing or not when faced with the truth and it's our best possible defense. You know, a loving conflict will get you, remove you from the place of the doormat quicker than anything else. So love your way through it. Don't run from conflict. Um, prissy walk to it. <laughs> <laughs> or walk to it. Um, address it. You know, um, fear, front, fear runs from conflict. And, and because it runs from it, it finds itself in it for a lifetime. And uh, the same conflicts over and over and over again. Love runs to that conflict and addresses it, flushes the truth out. And then um, and you'll find a lot less conflict in your life. And the conflicts that you had that you love your way through, if you're dealing with a loving person, they're going to know they were loved and they're going to really be grateful. You know, when it comes down to it, be like, you know what? Everybody else was pretending I was okay doing that stupid stuff. And that was the only person that cared enough to, to mm-hmm. come for my sake. Um, everybody else just came for their own sake and to throw me under the bus. Well, they just said nothing and pretended it was okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not loving. And we don't want to do that. So that's enough for this podcast. 
And uh, until next week, trust God's word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.